Did you know that cactus is actually a fruit and it's a great source of vitamin C? Did um, no, I did not know that. Yeah, just well, to put it simply. well, well, now you know. I mean, it's an immune booster. It you know boosts the production of white blood cells, helps your body fight off viruses. So anytime you're like hiking and you come across a cactus, you should eat it. You should eat it. No, that's so funny. But the, the thing is, now that you're saying this, I have seen like products that are marketed marketed because I'm into some like weird products. I've definitely mm. seen like cactus smoothies being marketed. <laughs> yeah, what colors are you into right now, Simon? Just bright colors, like tie dye yeah. and stuff, man. Yeah, I, I bet Simon's a little hippie man here. But I've <laughs> actually eaten a cactus before. That's crazy. And but you have to like eat it the right way. You have to like cut it up. You have to make sure all the needles are not there. You, you really shouldn't just take a cactus and, you know, put it in your mouth when, when you're hiking, but that's just that's just my thoughts on it. Pretty cool fun fact, though. No reason I brought that up at all, but hey, anyways, we got a ton to talk about today. Avery's not here. He's still in Colorado, and he did not eat a cactus, but um, we are... Training camp is pretty much in full go here. Most teams have re- reported to training camp, at least the rookies have, and uh, the stupid sleeper alerts are back in full swing. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about today. But first thing I want to talk about, and something that's been really intriguing, a lot of hype has started to build around Zay Flowers because, shocker, he's a first-round pick, and, of course, he's going to get hype because he's a good wide receiver. But the Ravens' wide receiver core in general, I mean, I've, I've heard multiple, multiple different takes on this, and I, I know we've talked about the significance of Greg Roman leaving that offense and Todd Munkin coming in and how Lamar is probably going to throw a bit more, maybe run a bit less, and there's likely going to be actual wide receivers that produce in that offense this year as opposed to just the tight ends and the committee running back system there but Simon I'm curious who you think Mark Andrews aside who who's going to be the lead wide receiver in the Ravens offense who's going to produce the most and how many fantasy relevant wide receivers do you think are going to be in that offense well um it won't be Odell Beckham I'll tell you that um when we're talking Rashad Bateman versus Zay Flowers, it really is, I have no idea. I mean, Rashad Bateman, granted, been getting hurt the last two years, right? He's dealt with not like chronic injury issues where you're worried about non-contact knee and, and stuff like that, but he has not stayed on the field. But you look at him, a really good wide receiver in his own right, also a first-round pick, just like, just like Zay Flowers. But when you haven't, come into the offense and really taken your role you know gotten a chokehold and said like no nah, this is mine you know kind of like what George Pickens did to Chase Claypool last year yeah uh, where you're like no nah, I'm I'm the better receiver here you know it kind of I, I don't think he's established himself as as a wide receiver one there um honestly maybe because he's had so little time on the field but I think that leaves the door wide open for Zay Flowers obviously Zay Flowers is a better downfield threat than Rashad Bateman is. He's you know runs a four two uh, four four two forty compared to Rashad Bateman four four eight. So they're both really fast guys, um, and they're really similar ages too. They're they're not even a year apart. So I think towards the beginning of the year, I don't know. I I honestly I think Rashad Bateman leads the team in targets, but I wouldn't okay. be surprised if Zay Flowers is quite a bit more efficient. Because Rashad Bateman, last year, you know, he played six games, 19 yards per reception, but yeah. it's because he, didn't, he only caught 15 receptions. Like, I, I don't think he's going to keep that up. And, and I think Zay Flowers could be one of those guys that we see in the league who, kind of like what Marquise Brown was, where he was either getting a lot of screens at the line of scrimmage, schemed up to get touches, or downfield, and not much in between. And I think Rashad Bateman could be more of the route runner who's taking over the middle of the field with with Mark Andrews and getting six or seven targets a game I don't see I don't know I yeah. think they can both be fantasy relevant and that's why they're going both right like right what wide receiver 40 to 50 somewhere in there on underdog has been a week or so since I've done a draft I don't know yeah. um so I think there's considerable upside for both but yeah I mean from a prospect perspective I feel like Zay Flowers is almost like a almost like a glorified Debo just just coming out of college with how versatile he is and and what yeah. he does after the catch and how they could actually utilize him but I don't know for me it's like without question Zay Flowers I, I think you hit the nail on the head with Rashad Bateman and his 
yards per reception. Like that just screams what type of wide receiver he's going to be to me there. And I, I think health is obviously in question. He hasn't even started in training camp. He's on the puppy list. Yeah. And Odell is Odell. Two or three ACL tears. Like, yeah, I, I mean, come on. I, I think I don't think anyone is going to give Mark Andrews a run for his money when it comes to the receiving game, though. No, I think he's I'm pretty much, I mean, if you're considering him a wide receiver, I think Mark Andrews gets the crown there still this year just because he's he's so good, has the most chemistry with Lamar. But, yeah, those are kind of my thoughts there. Do you, are you concerned about J.K. Dobbins at all? He's on the puppy list, too. Yeah, what is it with this I, guy, bro? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's saying, oh, he's had his year to recover. You know, he had his fixer-upper surgeries in the middle of last season. So, yes. I mean, short answer is yes, I am concerned about him because I I looked at him with such high regard ever since he came out of college. I mean, an incredible prospect. We loved him as a rusher. We thought maybe he had some receiving upside, really defended him, put our necks out, and he keeps getting hurt. I mean, I I don't get what it is. They went out and they signed Melvin Gordon. So... All that to say, I am honestly concerned about him. I don't know if he's ever going to be fantasy relevant. And you see, I mean, this is an interesting topic in itself, but Austin Eckler held a Zoom meeting for running back uh, contracts last weekend. I don't know if you saw that. Um, Really? All the biggest, the best running backs in leagues were there. So, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, um, Najee Harris, J.K. Dobbins was there, Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and going on the list, you know. Uh, but like I said, J.K. Dobbins was there, and I'm like, what? The guy can't even – he's never <laughs> even played a full season. This is his fourth season in the NFL. Wow. He p- pretty much was not on the field the first half of his rookie season just getting used to the NFL and coming to his fourth year expecting to get paid like yeah. the rest of these guys. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's – honestly, I, I think it's dumb that he's trying to get paid, but honestly I think that's a testament to how – crazy good of a prospect he was going into the NFL and the incredible. fact that the Ravens didn't draft a running back this year like that says a lot to how much they still think J.K. Dobbins could do something this season like I I think it's crazy that he's on the pup list and it's still I it's still from knee injury rehab <laughs> his knee injury from two years ago it is that's wild to me I, I mean I remember last year we are just over a week away from the Hall of Fame game yes the infamous Hall oh, of Fame wow. game August 3rd so um but in this time last year I remember going into the Hall of Fame game I was like all right JK Dobbins here we go this is his time this is his year he's gonna you know start the first couple weeks off slow and then he's really gonna ride and then the rest is history man he's still still struggling with if it, you still look, rehabbing his knee. Like, if you look on Player gosh. Profiler, the guy has missed 26 games from his ACL tear in 2021. It's unreal, dude. Part of me... Th- 26. Part- I mean, because he missed 17 initially, wow. came back, had another injury report, missed two more, came back, missed seven more, and now like he's on the pup list to start the year off. Part of me wonders if he's just a unicorn. Part of me is like, man, maybe I shouldn't be super scared about like Javante Williams, who did report to training camp. He's not on the pup list. That's crazy. And Brees Hall is on the pup list, but he's way less removed from yep. from injury, and he didn't have as bad a one as J.K. Dobbins did. Like, maybe well, Dobbins is really just an outlier here. I mean, we've seen successful running backs, some of the best running backs in the NFL, from a talent perspective, come back and do really well. Dobbins could just be the exception. Yeah. Like, I mean, look how quickly Cam Akers came back. I'm not saying Cam yeah. Akers is good. Chubb, Akers. But they've just come uh, back and, and been good to go. Dalvin Cook, even. I mean, Dalvin yes. Cook ended up being one of the premier running backs in the NFL for the last four years, and that was after his ACL Terra's rookie season as well. Like, There's just a lot of examples there. You so. bring up an interest, interesting point, though. You know, you're looking at those three guys, Dobbins, Javante, Brees, and you know, which one are you the least concerned about? And I think we'd agree we're most concerned about Dobbins. Yeah. Um, but, you know, are you looking at Javante and Brees with similar outlooks considering uh, Javante went out, what, week five last year? Week four, he got in the middle, hurt in the middle of week four, and I think Brees yeah. was like week seven or eight. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull that up. I don't know, man. Of all week those seven. guys, to me, the difference between all of those guys is J.K. Dobbins' lack of receiving upside or, or yes. lack of showcasing elite receiving upside because I know some people still think that he may have a little bit, but, like, I mean, when you look at Dalvin coming back pretty quickly and being so successful, he had pretty good receiving upside. When you look at Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb doesn't have really much receiving upside, but he is 
like debatably the best running back in the NFL, and he tore his ACL in college. So I I don't know. So like, isn't this weird though that we're talking about two guys who tore their ACL, you know, messed up their knee in the middle of last season, and a guy right. a year removed, and we're still most concerned about I, him. Yeah, that's why but I'm just when you're looking at Brees and Javante, which one, you know, Brees obviously has had three weeks. You know, who cares? Who really cares? It's not that big of a difference, but he's had three fewer weeks to recover. Right. How do you feel about him versus Javante? Um, I'm still more comfortable with Brees in Dynasty. I I clearly want him over Javante in Fantasy this season. I go I go back and forth, and, and that's a good question. Yeah. I I think it's still up in the air with the Jets if they're going to go out and get a guy yeah, like yep. Dalvin. If they get Dalvin, I think that's pretty telling with how they're going to utilize Brees this yep. year in fantasy. I'd still lean taking Brees at current value than Javante Williams, and I'm no fan of P. Ryan. I don't think he's really that much of a knock on Javante's value, but I think that says enough that they're probably going to slowly phase in Javante. Yes. Um and right now, there's no there's no Brees, slow phasing in for Brees. Brees is just a straight. Well, up. that's not true. I think Brees is just a straight up better running back than Javante. Oh, absolutely. So, like, but I mean, you do have to consider. I mean, we're forgetting. Uh, maybe you're not forgetting. I'm forgetting right now. They do still have Michael Carter, who showed his right. rookie year that he was a usable, decent NFL running back. Correct. And they drafted Izzy as well this last year. Israel Bonaconda. Yeah. Um, who has a skill set of his own? You know, he's a pretty explosive player, and I think they could you, use him you pair, as you more pair of those two together, Michael Carter and, and Izzy, the receiver, and they the can they can make up for sitting out. You know, letting Brace recover. That's true. And I'd take the combination of the two of them over P. Ryan and Tyler Beatty in Denver. But I mean, okay, let, let me read this off real quick. Week four last year, Javante Williams did not just tear his ACL; he tore his ACL, LCL, and PCL. <laughs> Brees Hall so just tore his ACL. Like, you know, right. we, we look right. at that historically. Like, oh, that's a really bad thing for a running back to do. But yeah. Javante Williams, the way I understand it, you know, usually when you tear your ACL, you're, it's like a non-contact. Like, your knee is moving forward and things for, snap for on the, the way forward. His, yeah. his, like, came backwards. It went the wrong way. Yeah. It, like, it, like the, the, hyperextended. Uh, the, it went the opposite way that you usually expect a runner's leg to go when they yes. tear their ACL, which is pretty telling of the extent that's of the bad. injury. But... He's he's back. Like yes. he's literally reporting to training camp. So Good I, for I him, that's man. that to me speaks volumes to, to his rehab and his recovery. We haven't seen him. He may have lost a step. We'll see. But goodness, uh, Jordan Addison definitely didn't lose a step. He's uh, kind of flying <laughs> down the roads and stuff. Goes one forty and a fifty five. Did you hear why? No. Um, he was taking his dog to the hospital. Okay, that's actually really sad. so. Like. It's a good reason. You know, obviously, yeah. he's an idiot for doing that. We're yeah. not condoning going 140 and a 55. <laughs> was the dog confirmed in the car? Or is this one of those, like, my dog ate my homework <laughs> situations? Yeah. Um, one of the, like, NFL reporters. I think it was Dov Kleinman. Wow. Um, that's his name, right? I don't know. Yeah. I, I just saw that on Twitter. I uh, could be wrong. He could be right. wrong. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. But... Well, I hope his dog's okay. You know, at least that's a decent reason. At least to what he wasn't drunk. He wasn't just testing out a new car. At least, if that's the case, then you're not concerned of like this is a character, character issue with Jordan Addison. It's just it, hey, the lapse in judgment. You're right. an idiot. You're exactly. 21. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I don't know when I'm in a rush, I speed. I don't go on 40 and a 55. No. But oh man, yeah. Uh, there's just been, goodness, so so many. Gosh, so but, many sleeper alerts. I, I mean, how about, many? Do you think Melvin Gordon going to the Ravens no. is says anything? No. First <laughs> off, Melvin Gordon has shown he's no, he's not who he used to be. I mean, do you think that means they're worried about uh, yes, Dobbins? It, being I think ready. it does mean they're worried about Dobbins. But yeah. who else is on the Ravens roster right now with with the running? Backs? Gus Edwards is still there. Gus Edwards is there. The bus. I, I think that's pretty much it uh, of relevance. Tyler Beatty. Yeah. Well, no, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Beatty got cut. Denver now. He's on Denver, He's on Denver, Denver. now. Yeah, that's uh, right. But, I mean, yards per carry don't mean everything, but Melvin Gordon last year averaged 3.5 yards per carry. Like, no. Yeah. The guy is not – he's hardly a usable NFL starter. I'd prefer Latavius Murray on my team over Melvin Gordon. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what, man. These, these, are, the, these are the sleeper alerts that I live for. Like, uh, on the topic of running back, let's just read this one. We call him, quote, sneak. He's our number two back, and he's a fantastic runner. Just quick feet in the hole, sturdy build, and he's got a real natural feel for it. That's uh, the Bucks OC 
talking about, about Keyshawn Vaughn yep. running back two they over Chase sneak. Edmonds. I mean, since they call him sneak, I'm I'm sneaky buying Keyshawn Vaughn everywhere because I think he's just a breakout. He's going to dominate. He's going to do a ton of things for me on my dynasty and my fantasy teams. Like if you're look if you're sleeping on Keyshawn Vaughn, let me tell you, you're wrong. Uh, you you better be going getting this sneaky guy everywhere because sneak is sneaky in dynasty. I take him, just take him everywhere. <laughs> I'm not even gonna let like people, yeah no 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 thank you. The th- but the thing is, Chase Edmonds he got how did he get cut from two teams last year? Uh, he might have got traded got from trained. Miami to Denver and yes. then he got cut from got Denver. Cut. Yeah, I think he was a cap casual team. But that's maybe. the thing. At least Keyshawn Vaughn's never been cut in his career. As bad as Leonard Fournette yeah. was, he they didn't cut. Yeah, whatever. I I don't know. Keyshawn Vaughn is uh, nothing to me. I I will not be (laughs) heavily investing in him or following the stupid sleeper alerts here. One guy that has been getting hype as he gets hype, it seems like, every single year. I I feel like he's been in the league forever, even though this is really only a second season, but just because I'm so tired of talking about him. But Justin Ross, again, you're going into year two now of undrafted wide receiver Justin Ross, who... First team reps. First gets first team reps in opening practice of training camp. Like, I promise you guys, I have seen players that get first team reps in training camp and then they get cut. Yes. Like, that is what training camp's for. You give everyone first team reps. You give everyone reps with every team possible. I, I like. <laughs> but this one's going to be different. This one's going to be different because he's undrafted and he plays for the Chiefs and he's, he's Justin Ross. He definitely doesn't have any health concerns. He definitely exactly. wasn't undrafted for a reason. Like, I love the Dynasty community. I absolutely love that we get so excited about guys that uh, go in the fifth and sixth round and guys that go undrafted and that we just have so much Generic knowledge prints. about all of these irrelevant running backs and wide receivers. And we won't let go of our darlings like Sean Tucker. But to me, like this is just ridiculous. Like one of our one of our guys that actually he he works for us a bit and does a ton in the Discord, Mister Mister Ryan Bread is very high on Justin Ross, and I love making fun of him all the time because he's he's a he's a Justin Ross truther. And to me, it's like I if we end up being so right about Justin Ross, like. We are betting on the NFL being so dead wrong on him that like like what do we expect him to be in the NFL? That's all I want to know. Like, do we expect him to be Patrick Mahomes, alpha wide receiver, the best thing since sliced bread, like for the rest of his career? No, the dude could make it onto the team, and I think he could have a legitimate three hundred and fifty yard season, and that's his ceiling <laughs> in my eyes. But like as an as an undrafted free agent, <laughs> exactly. as in a guy who had some like legitimate bad injury concerns, that's great. Yeah. Really happy for him, and he, yeah. get, he would get to make some money. Uh-huh. But people don't. I mean, people should know this. He was a very good prospect as a freshman. He had a thousand yards at Clemson, right? Yeah, really good receiver. He had some legitimate like, hey, you might get paralyzed if you keep playing football type injury concerns, <laughs> and that's why he went undrafted. It had nothing to do with the skill, and that's why people like him so much. But I think if he was on any team other than the Kansas City Chiefs, no one would Nothing. care. Yeah, irrelevant. Six four, two ten, athletic specimen, ran a four six nine. That's real nice. Uh, <laughs> and his best season. Goodness, do they even have his stats? Yeah, on they do. Or is, they they do. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. So he went a thousand yards as a freshman in twenty eighteen. So tons of hype. Obviously, honestly, if you were playing Devi. Back in 2018, going into 2019, he was probably a first-round pick in Debbie, yep. playing with Trevor Lawrence off of, goodness, like 61% catch rate. Target share went up a little bit. Then really after his freshman year, like you said, he's just struggling with a bunch of injury. Gets 865 yards, 500 yards in 2021. But again, I mean, this is just – this is one of the guys that we've got to let go of. Yeah, We just have to. I mean, you they, it's like a factory of mid-producing – great value level wide receivers for the Kansas City Chiefs that Mahomes just makes look good. Like, they're bringing in Rasheed Rice. They have MVS, who's got a year in his pocket of experience with Patrick Mahomes. He'll probably put up two or three wide receiver one weeks like he always does because he's a boom-bust guy this year. And then you even have – I I don't even remember all the guys they Sky have. Moore. Their names. Sky Moore. You're like, forgetting about um, Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony, who uh, – come on. I Justin Ross – 
wide receiver five there at best. That's all I'm putting my money on there with him. Good for him for being on the team. He's nothing else other than that. And we we've got we've got to let go. I'm so tired of seeing Justin Ross news, it, and it's only for Dynasty lovers. Love you guys. Love love the Dynasty community. But man, then Kadarius Tony tweaks his knee. I mean, I think at this point you're just going to see another season where Travis Kelsey is the lead receiver there. And you have a bunch of mid-producing wide receiver assets. Yep. Like, why do we really have so much fun trying to predict who's going to be the lead wide receiver on the Chiefs? Well, here's my thing. What what reason does Justin Ross have to be on the field? Like, yeah, he's tall. Um, but Andy Reid's going to want to scheme up some athletes. And when I look at the athletes on that team, Sky Moore is still a pretty good, compact athlete. Like, he can do some stuff after the catch. Rasheed Rice, you know... Nothing special, but like he went in the second round for a reason. He has a skill right. set. You know, he's a little bit older, but he's fast. You know, ran a four five at six foot two hundred pounds. So like he's a bigger dude, um, similar to Sky Moore, not quite as good of, as a route runner. Then they have MBS. Obviously, we know what MBS is. He's a downfield threat who can't catch through traffic. Um, Kadarius Tony is going to get hurt every time he catches the ball, but Correct. he'll break three people's ankles in the process. <laughs> Like those are all guys that have a specific athletic skill trait about them that that is going to help them get on the field and that, that Andy Reid is going to scheme them up for. Justin Ross is more like, yeah, you were good four years ago in college, and he's probably still a good wide receiver, right? You know, he's made it onto the team. He's lasted yeah. this long for a reason, even with his injury concerns. But in my mind, I don't see any reason why he'll ever get onto the field unless, well, Kadarius Tony is going to get hurt. So. Right, but he won't be like an alpha twenty percent target share type guy. Yeah, yeah. Last year's lead wide receiver, excluding Travis Kelsey, I think was Juju. Yep, by a significant margin. Yeah. and I mean they what, they literally yards. they just turned back the clocks. So they didn't have to pay Juju, and they went and they drafted Rasheed Rice. To yep. me, I I think if I were to pick any of those guys, even though Rasheed Rice is a rookie. I'm taking Rasheed Rice as a lead wide receiver there just because of his skill set. Like if yeah. I, if I had to put money on it, that's who I'd go with. So. No, I mean I I remember seeing Andy Reid talking about Rasheed after they drafted him, and he kind of said exactly that, where he's like, "Yeah, we're just looking for a guy who can create after the catch." You know, he's an athlete. Obviously, we lost Juju, and yeah. you know, yeah, I think they were bummed they lost Juju a little bit. I, yeah. I Juju really just followed the money. He did what he had to do as a as a businessman in, in, in the NFL, and the Chiefs just weren't willing slash capable of paying him what was probably up to par for an average wide receiver like him, so he just made the decision to go. But they, it's not like they didn't want him back. They just had to, they had to make do with their salary cap space. So he yeah. was more of a cap casualty than anything, and I, I'm kind of bummed with that because I thought he could have taken a step up this year with Mahomes. Yes, I agree. Uh, but... You know, it, it is what it is. Juju at this point is who he is in fantasy, and I yep. think he's being a little bit undervalued right now. Well, in, in I, would, I think quite a bit undervalued. What do you think yeah. he finished as in points per game last year? In points per game, probably the 10, 11 mark. 11.6. Yeah, 11.6, and yeah. wide receiver so 35. Good. Yeah. We, you know what he's being drafted at right now on underdog? In the. 40s wide receiver 54 last 54. time I was last time I drafted yeah, I can't stop drafting. and I've drafted so much because you know mm-hmm. okay people are going to say well he's not with Patrick Mahomes anymore that's fine. well guess what now he's not on the offense that's switching up their wide receiver they're they're scheming up right. every week right. they don't have Jacoby Myers we saw Jacoby Myers has been pretty consistent over the last two or three seasons they have Tyquan Thornton to s- stretch the field they have Kendrick Bourne who's going to get cut right uh, yep. I think Juju is probably going to do the same thing pair pair him up with Mac Jones I see 10 or 11 points per game there, and, it, you know, yeah. I, I'm really comfortable with him finishing as a wide receiver 3 or 4 and not wide receiver 50. Yeah, no. I mean, Juju had 8.9 yards per reception last year. It's pretty indicative of the type of wide receiver 12. that he's going to be there, and he's perfect for uh, yards per reception, not yards per uh, yards per catch. Right. Or you're, I'm looking at the wrong metric, aren't I? I don't know. I'm looking on... Player, I trust player, player profile. Twelve yards per reception. Yeah, twelve yards per yards per reception. That's what was that in the league? What was that rank? Hmm, that's a good question. Let me find it. I was just cool. looking at his. Well, anyways, uh, I think he's going to be a great target. Sixty for Mac first. Jones. I mean, when when you look at yeah, sixty first. When you look at his Two most successful run, season. Exactly. When you look at Juju's most successful season in the NFL, back when he was you know one of the most valuable wide receivers in Dynasty, after he had that high end wide receiver one finish, it was because. 
Ben Roethlisberger was a statue, and all he did was just dump it off to Juju like every single play. And yep. that's why he got so many targets. Mac Jones is pretty much an immobile statue in that backfield too, <sighs> and they were really missing that type of re- receiver in that offense. So I think I think Juju's going to fill those shoes well. I, I agree. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. He'll, he'll be solid. But training camp, man, so much fun. And with the training camp comes <laughs> a bunch of – not only stupid sleeper alerts, but some stupid looking jerseys. And oh my, Don't I think get me Tampa Tampa has throwback jerseys. Those are cool. they released. The Seahawks are cool as well. I personally like the Colts. I know you hate the Colts. They're so bad. But if you haven't seen the Colts' new throwback jerseys, they're not even throwback. No. They're just alternate jerseys. They're doing it once this the year. The throwback to two thousand eight Duke. <laughs> <laughs> the black helmets are cool. The black helmets. The are black cool. helmets are okay. The Cardinals did the bike helmets better. The Panthers did the bike helmets better. I think it's hilarious that you said they they look like old 2000s college jerseys that are, that are budget-level college jerseys because my wife said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I showed her. I was like, look, don't you think these are cool? She's like, oh. They're Heather I don't like blue, the jerseys. Bro. <laughs> I, okay, to be fair, I don't mind the jerseys. You but could buy those in like the M Sport brand at Meyer. <laughs> I do agree that if they had done all black with blue highlights, that would have looked cooler. It would have looked way. That would have looked really cool. I still like the helmets, though. The helmets are pretty boss, in my opinion. But hey. what do you think of the uh, Titans jerseys? They have new jerseys, or they do they have alternates? Just, just okay. I'm gonna pull this up for you. Oh no. So um, we're gonna get a live reaction. Let's. Okay. What would you think if the um, it's got to be an Oilers the, nod, right? What would you think if the Baltimore Ravens wore a throwback Colts jersey? Oh, my. I would be like, what? Is that what they're doing? Yeah. They no have way. Not, I mean, they're not wearing a Colts jersey. But I mean, they're, I, they're, I wearing, the, they're wearing Houston Oilers jersey. They're in, t- they're in Tennessee now. Like it's, Right. They've done that before. Yeah. That's so As st- a throwback jersey? I don't mind it. I think it's no, cool. No, I think that's so stupid. It's not even the same team. Like, it's... <laughs> What? Okay, it's, it's in a different right. city now. They can't wear a Houston, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, the Colts did. They did, but they were the Colts in Baltimore. They did throwback jerseys once when Manning was playing, like in 2010. Remember the the one that Austin Collie got do like absolutely those. Those lit up. Cool. Those were cool. They were just super basic, no logo, had like a navy blue helmet. Yes, I remember. Those. And those were supposed to be like something that they wore in the fifties back in. Yeah, Baltimore, those were cool. I think. Yeah, I, I didn't mind those. But like it's okay when like the Packers do their disgusting throwback jerseys because like it's the same team, it's the same franchise. It's the Packers yeah. or the when yeah. the when the Killer Bees. The wear, Killer Bees. Know. Yeah, I do love the or Killer Bees. Even Tampa Bay when they wear like the cream cream soda ones those are nice those might be my favorite but those are the same teams really cool and and like in a vacuum i like these titans jerseys right they look cool but they're not the houston oilers they're They're tennessee titans from their normal colors correct yeah they're cool jerseys yes which is why that's personally better than the colts jerseys absolutely i'll take those over the colts jerseys dude those tickets the colts play the browns the week they're gonna wear those and they're like Pretty expensive compared to the other single game tickets, which I think is funny. It's like just for the jerseys. Well, it's I guess. Pro- it's also like what a Thursday night game or something. Oh, is it? Yeah, it might be a Thursday it's or probably Sunday. a prime It's definitely time. a prime time game yeah. if they're going to be wearing new jerseys. I didn't think the Colts got a Thursday night game this year. Maybe it's not. They're like all one o'clock. They don't deserve to get a single prime time game no. this year. That could be a fun game though. You know, two teams debuting new jerseys. Hopefully yeah. not yeah. a six to nine game. Yeah, oh hopefully my gosh, not. Please. Then it, there's the then there's the Bengals who basically are are they're going to be the Browns for a week. Their their alternate jerseys have no like tiger stripes. Oh, it, I didn't see it, that. Yeah, yeah, I I saw something briefly about it, but it's supposed to be some like I don't know like funny reference. I love what they did last year. Their white tiger white uniforms. Oh yeah. my gosh, <laughs> that was sick. I wish they did that more. Uh, I'm not seeing anything about Bengals alternates this year. Really. No. Maybe it's the other way around. Do the Browns have alternates? Maybe my source was wrong. Dang it. My my source. I sound so professional when I say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing anything. But, I mean, Darn. the Browns pretty much stole the Bengals from last year. Okay, but maybe that's what it was then. Like, like that's... Okay, that's that's what it was. Then. Yeah. They were saying the Browns took the Bengals and they're, they're doing a wide-out thing. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I think the Browns uniforms look awesome. Like... Literally, some of my favorite alternates that I've ever seen were the Bengals with their white tiger Correct. uniforms last year. I'm uh, with you. Like it made me so happy. And then to uh, 
got his like tenth concussion that game, and then it was really sad. Yeah, but, the, yeah, I was watching that game. Yeah, me I too. remember. I, I think w- we all I were. Like, I wasn't here. I mean, yeah. I was at school. Yeah, yeah. I okay. like went to the bathroom and I came back and they would have like an ambulance on the yeah. field or something. Wow. Maybe it happens because you went to the bathroom. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I I want to go over a couple trades that I got. Oh, Let's yes, help you out yes, here. Yes. Um, I already rejected this one. Good. Um, what do you think? So I've got AR. What do you think AR, a 24 first and a 25 first are worth? Mahomes. Yeah, this guy's trying to trade me uh, Lamar Jackson, Brandon Cooks, and a 24 fourth. No, I'm not. No. For Patrick Mahomes? No, no. for AR and my two firsts. Oh. For AR, AR, a 24 and 25 first. For Lamar, Brandon Cooks, and a fourth. No. Like, it, it's not because a horrible offer because you're upgrading from AR, a question mark, to yeah, Lamar. Correct. Who, who's not, like, but a the, certain certain thing on his own but like it's not horrible the difference in adp that's one you could look at in two years and be like damn why did i not take that yeah the difference between anthony richardson and lamar from an from an adp perspective is 12th overall versus like eighth or ninth overall so a three pick gap there even though there's a significant tier gap that's not worth two firsts completely so i would i would pay anthony richardson in a first pretty easily to get lamar jackson i would too, like very easily and i love i like i own a lot of ar but if someone offered me I don't know, because I feel like if I'm drafting AR, I'm not planning on my first. I'm not really planning on contending this year. I'm kind of like planning on being middle of the pack, maybe not even making the playoffs. I don't want to send away my own yeah, my own first. Because yeah. my teams where I have AR, I'm usually starting, you know, flexing him. And it's like, I'm not tanking this year, obviously, because he has upside. And, and usually, if I was picking the early first last year to get AR, I don't want to be in the same place again this year. But... He's not necessarily someone who's catapulting me into surely contending as a playoff team. Yeah. So I don't want to send my own first next year. I'm just in that that's a case where I'm gonna be like, let's just see how AR plans out pans out, keep my first. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I know what you're saying. Let's yeah. hear the next one. All right. This one has a lot. Okay. So my players include uh Devontae Adams, ETN, and Bijan. And so I'd be sending those away yeah. and receiving uh, Russell Wilson, uh, Goddard, Ramondre uh, Stevenson, uh, Kenneth Walker, and a 24 first. Is this DD 13? Yeah. That's funny because I have a trade from the same guy that includes the same assets for it's some of my It's not bad. Guys. So say it's quite so a few people. Bijan, ETM. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this down. I'm going to pull it up. Devonta Smith or Devontae Adams. Adams? Okay, that's a big difference. Um, yes. Adams, ETN, and Bijan. Let's yeah, we need to break okay. this down. So Bijan, I would say, is equivalent to Kenneth Walker a first. Kenneth Walker in a twenty-four first. Oh, I'll still take Bijan over that. I, yeah, I know. But I, I, I know what you're saying. Like, but I'm just trying to enough. Yeah, relatively equivalent, but give me the Bijan side. Okay. Then Etn for Ramondre. Give me Ramondre. I'll take ETN pretty easily there. Okay. And then Russell Wilson and Dallas Goddard for who? Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. I'll take Russ and Goddard. By a decent amount. Not a ton. I, I'm holding your side, Sam. Yeah, because yeah. I prefer I prefer ETN and Bijan over, you know. To me, from a value perspective there, you're limiting your upside because you're taking Russell Wilson, who's only going to go down yep, in he's value. he's 34 already. Right. He's a huge question mark. The, the only asset that you'd be letting go of that's going to keep decreasing in value is Devontae, Devontae Adams. But, I mean, he's a league winner. Bijan could be a league winner this year, even, in, like, in Dynasty. And you're just limiting your your future value upside there it's not a bad offer like he's not trying to fleece you he's giving you good players it's not one of those people who sends you his trash for your best players and i hate when that happens they'll send you like seven bench players for for Bijan robinson but like if i'm looking at etn and Bijan, i'm easily taking ramondre and them over ramondre and kenneth walker and then i'm taking russ and goddard over Devontae, but like not really by that much because i'm pretty much out on russ i've sold my last Russ shares you know i think there's just safer assets to to pivot to well this is a, this is a is league that i have ar and bryce young yeah you don't need rust you're fine actually Take, i have levis as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're good i don't think you're incentivized to really 
no. trade to make that deal at this point of the offseason, though, too, because we got training camp coming up. We've got the start of the season coming up. If he wants to come back to you and get those guys later, he can. He'll probably have to pay up. And that's, that's kind of what point. I'm thinking with, with my deal. Oh, my gosh. I'm really struggling with it because Ramondre Stevenson and a 24 first or Austin Eckler. I'll take Ramondre. I would probably lean the Ramondre side, too. Yep. And then, then you're looking at Russell Wilson and Dallas Goddard for Mark Andrews. Which side do you take? I'll taking? take Mark Andrews. Yeah, me too. So it's really fair, really close. And when you plug it, I, I hate keep I hate trade cut. Mark Andrews. I hate keep trade cut, but when you plug that in, I'm winning the side for like a value equivalent to a guy like Pat Fryermuth or DeAndre Swift, and that's like a decent amount of market value that But like in my eyes it's but, fair. So if you're getting that if if I sent that offer and someone countered and said keep trade cut says I need to says you need to send Fryermuth and or Swift back, I'd be like, no, I'll just keep my side then. Like, I'm okay. Right. Yeah. To me, though... The only time I'm really willing to add a big piece on top is where I'm just trying to get rid of players before I think they're going to lose value. Yeah. But, you know, I think you made a good point about Sam's where, like, you're not incentivized to get rid of players. And people get mad at me because they'll, like, try to trade me for players. And it'll be a perfectly trade... It'll be a perfectly fair offer and i'm like i don't want to do it just not like, ready why not it. i'm like well i'm not going to trade him away unless it's an overpay because i have no reason to like i'm fine with my guys and they're like no i'm not you you're so horrible to trade with you always want people to overpay i'm like yeah because i'm fine with the value i have on my team if, if you want this player you're just going to have to overpay because i want them too yeah yeah but that's a really hard trade in my eyes i'm just looking at mark andrews as the best asset in that offer yeah and I just want to keep Mark Andrews. I it's tough for me because I am like, I am well aware of how biased I am in favor of Austin Eckler. Like, I love Austin Eckler, and <laughs> if so I could own him everywhere, I would. But the it just for me to accept that offer, I'm like, I'm still weighing it because I'm considering accepting it. But at the same time, it makes me sick accepting it. So that's almost alone like a good enough reason to me for yeah. to, to say no because I just don't want to do it right now. See if he <laughs> will do just Eckler for Ramondre in a first, especially after the Ramondre news. Yeah, because Ramondre I might doubt be, he would. be a good buy. Well, the other option I was considering was he has Walker. What if I countered? Because I prefer Walker over Ramondre. So, like, what if I did Walker in a first? I think and most Russell people Goddard. have Walker over Ramondre, though, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you could kept check – Keep trade cut. Yeah, to, Walker, to sure. Walker's RB9 on keep trade cut. Yeah. Ramondre's RB12. Yeah. I'm surprised he's trying to move off a wide or, or a this QB without time. getting anything in return because yeah. his QB room isn't like the best I've ever seen. He has Tua and Rodgers, and then he has Russ. And It's an odd time to move off of Walker and Ramondre right now, too. It feels like a huge sell low. Right, which is why that's that's the biggest temptation for me to take that side because I know Ramondre is losing value, yeah. and this was what I was waiting for to get him. I didn't like his value before because I knew they'd get a running back, and now I'm kind of thinking about getting him. I would tell him, like, I'll do it if you send a second, just to calm my nerves. A second, though? I know, oh. I know a second. That doesn't calm be. my nerves, and he doesn't have a second. Okay. Because I, I think I thought about that, and he doesn't have a second. So, yeah. But another thing that scares me is he owns Kelsey and Goddard, so I know why he wants Andrews. Hmm. He's getting the, the next elite tight end. Yeah, and then Kelsey he'll retires. ship off Kelsey. Exactly. Yeah, and he'll be fine. So I'm Smart like, how much am I, am I? How much am I really helping him? But then there's a 24 first in play, and you're getting a first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my running back room. But if he has Kelsey, I'm gonna guess that's a pretty late 24 yeah. first. Yeah. It well, it's not his 24 first. Mm, Someone else's. What's that team look like? It. I would guesstimate it would probably be a middle of the pack team. I could okay. see it going really bad. So a middle of the pack surprising. team. A middle of the pack team can always be one of those teams where they make it into the playoffs just barely, but then yeah. end up. You know, if we're playing by max points for, so you're really looking at, like, if it's a middle-of-the-pack team, you're probably guaranteed, like, 105 to 108 type range. That's not bad. Yeah, I know. Um, But a middle-of-the-pack team could also go the other way where you end up, like, landing on the 103. Yeah. And it would be nice. I love trading for middle-of-the-pack teams that think they're contending. Yeah. It's really nice having multiple firsts going into the season when you have a lot of good contending assets too because like I have I have Eckler and JT as my top two running yeah. backs. And then I've got Hertz, Purdy, and Garoppolo. And then um, Andrews as my top tight ends. And then my receivers are fine. I've got Pittman, Godwin, DJ Moore, Pickens, Gabe Davis, a bunch of high upside yeah, guys yeah, that yeah. I can plug and play. So 
I don't know. For cool. yeah, I get it. It actually works for me from a value perspective, but I'm gonna have to think about it more because it's tough. I might throw around some counters too with guys that I just prefer, like Walker. Like that may be enough to move the needle for me. If I can get Walker and a first for Eckler, that might be enough for me to move off. Okay, so then counter with it. You know, we'll see. Yeah, you know, speaking of the last thing we'll talk about, George Pickens, someone we were you know kind of screaming overvalued you know he was he was really high up there and we were like okay yeah it's it's historically notable when a rookie can give you their uh 800 900 thousand yards in their rookie season but we were we were saying he's overvalued he's not that good as a route runner he can't really separate yes he's elite downfield right now what do you think he's out on keep trade cut what do you think his ranking is on keep trade cut he's officially a buy in my eyes now wide receiver 30. 32. 32. Oh, I almost said 32. He peaked at wide receiver 16 in December. Yeah. And, like, pretty much through the latter half of the season, he was a top 20 wide receiver. Well, it's funny that you mention it because I started having – I am not nearly as big of a George Pickens fan as some truthers are out there. But I have a couple shares of him now because I found myself buying him this offseason. Because he's – people people listen when you say, like – you know, it wasn't just us. It was a lot of people saying, like, hey, this George Pickens hype is – out of control and people listen and they over adjust i think the same thing has happened with gabe davis where people are like they won't touch gabe davis they think he's horrible right but you're forgetting he's still a decent wide receiver in the nfl on an offense with josh allen and he won't get paid that much and i think they'll be able to keep him he's a great value right now um and i think this happens a lot in dynasty circles where someone is touted as overvalued and then they go way undervalued yeah um and george pickens right now i'm like you mean i can get a guy who's 22 it has a chance to like be a one one A one B type situation with Deontay Johnson because their skill sets match so well. Put up 800 yards in his rookie season, one of the best downfield threats in the NFL, and I can get him for wide receiver 32 price. Sign yeah. me up. Yeah, I mean the value fluctuation with wide receivers in the Pittsburgh offense is pretty crazy, going all the way back to Juju. Then you got Deontay Johnson. Then you got Chase Claypool. And now you got George Pickens. I think it's a good investment to take George Pickens right now while he's going this low because at some point it, it's not going to take much for him to go up. It's, 100%. It's, it's not. But actually, I'm I'm curious about this because we've, as everyone knows, you guys that are listening to us know, we put out six videos a week right now, four on Fantasy, two on Dynasty. We're going to ramp it up again this training camp off season or training camp season uh, with probably three or four Dynasty videos now on top of our Fantasy videos. But we did some updated Dynasty quarterback rankings this last week. And we got a lot of comments on it, which all y'all people that follow us on Dynasty, thanks for the positive feedback because we've been getting a lot of positive combats or, or, or comments yeah. that are, it's pretty out of the ordinary, but it's it's nice to see. And with <laughs> people were not happy that in our top 24 rankings, we excluded Mac Jones, Derek Carr, and Sam Howell. And I kind of wanted to talk about each one of those guys and their potential ceiling and why we like, I mean, we knew we excluded them and we did it intentionally and we knew we might get some hate, but honestly, some of the, some of the biggest comments were Sam Howell specifically. And I was like, of all three of those guys, I would debate putting in Mac Jones and Derek Carr over Sam Howell. Like, (laughs) yes, I think Mac Jones right now is just kind of a recency bias bias out of sight, out of mind for me. Like, I'm still aware. I think next year he's going to be a top 20 quarterback again. He'll have a he'll have Bill O'Brien again. He'll have an actual offensive coordinator. And that was more of a thing where I'm like, you got to play the market here a little bit. Like, yes, it's our rankings, but I'm thinking Mac Jones is going so much later than these guys. Am I really going to go ahead and put Mac Jones over Will Levis when Le- when Le- Will Levis is going four rounds earlier? Exactly. Um, yeah. And Will Levis has higher upside. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think they're really close anyway, so we just took Will Levis. And I think that was our, all of our the, w- our, the way of approaching it for all of us. Yeah. So our G tier, which was, I kind of call it a little bit of an audible here too on the set. You guys didn't yep, know, did. but... It was Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, which I that was the one that I I'm added. fine with it, honestly. Then Jared the Goff, Jared Goff, Matt Stafford, Kenny Pickett, and William Levis. Do I want Mac Jones over any of those guys? No. Like I, I think the lowest upside I'll guy take him over Jimmy G. In all of them. Well, Jimmy G isn't on there. Oh, I thought you said Jimmy G. My fault. No. In like of the guy with the lowest ceiling in that in that group is Kenny Pickett. And I 
Hands down, Kenny prefer Pickett Kenny Pickett over Mac Jones. Kenny Pickett also has a higher floor than Mac Jones. Yes, because completely agree. Yeah, he has way better coaching. Well, no, no disrespect to Bill Belichick, but like the coaching in in Pittsburgh is incredible, especially with how they develop their wide receivers. They're getting a better offensive line, and they have Pat Fryermuth, Darnell Washington. I don't even need to go on. Kenny Pickett has a higher floor and a higher ceiling because he can rush. Yeah. Once they get rid of Matt Canada, I think Kenny Pickett's going to be golden. Yeah. I feel like, if anything, the most contra- contradictory, not contradictory, um, the, what's the word I'm trying to think of here? The most, uh, I can't think of words right now. Mm. Controversial. There, ah, we go. there you go. Derek Carr, us not including Derek Carr in top 24 dynasty rankings is significant because he is still in the midst of a four-year deal. With the New Orleans Saints, I would assume he'd be better this year than he was last season. It's it's a why bit of a bold be, prediction, though? but like, why would he be? And that's kind of my point is from 2014 to 2022, get, get ready for this. In PPR, quarterback 20, 14, 12, 19, 20, 17, 14, 13, 17. It is so yellow, it makes me want to die. Like... So he's always a mid QB two. Always and at a mid QB two. At this point in his career, when he's thirty three in dynasty, why are you valuing him as a QB two? Exactly, and I think every single one of these guys in the G tier has the capability of at least matching what he consistently does every single year, and is younger, and they have a higher ceiling. And yes, that's I agree. that's why we got rid of Derek Carr. I think you could reasonably debate including Derek Carr instead of Matt Stafford because of the injury concerns that Stafford has. Matt Stafford is a su- such but a better quarterback. He's such a better quarterback. Matt Stafford, when yeah. healthy, is still a top-10 quarterback. Yes. And well, last time we saw him healthy, yeah. I guess. And in Dynasty, give me that league-winning upside as opposed to Derek Carr, who you know what you're getting, and he's more valuable than Matt Stafford in ADP right now in Dynasty. And I just don't like that. So then Will Levis, we got some shade for ranking Will Levis over Sam Howell. Uh, give me the guy who has early second-round draft capital, who the Colts literally said they were going to take 104 if Anthony Richardson was drafted at the 103 and just happened to fall at the beginning of the second, as opposed to Sam Howell, who went in the fifth round. Should he have gone in the fifth round? No, I'll give you that. He probably should have gone in the third round. But regardless of that point, like if you look historically at how many successful quarterbacks there are after the second round, I mean, even, even in the, in second, the round, second round, let alone the first, how many successful quarterbacks are in the first? Once you get to the fifth round, you are taking a massive shot in the dark. You're looking at Tom Brady and Brock Purdy as the success. Stop there. comparing Sam Howell to those guys. Like Sam Howell does not have the same upside and does not have the same amount of chances as Will Levis is going to get in the NFL. I'm with you there. And Will Levis is unproven. Like, and then some other guy was like, you have Will Levis too low. I was like, excuse me? Uh, yeah. I don't, I, we don't have Will Levis too low? I mean, to be fair, these these are people who heard the pre-draft hype and didn't watch the film for themselves. Yeah. Like, we watched a lot of film on a lot of these guys. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're seeing it from a different perspective where I completely understand why, why Will Levis went in the, in the second round, and I would have completely understood if he went top five. Yeah. But other people just remember he was supposed to go top five, and I think they, like, just like we saw with Malik Willis last year, they had a really hard time moving off of the fact that, well... Guys, Malik Willis wasn't a first-round QB, and they were still valuing valuing him that high because that's where he was, quote, supposed to go. Yeah, and, I mean, you saw a lot of teams that we thought were going to snag him in the later end of, latter end of the first who could have, you know, tried to get out of QB purgatory. You could say, if you don't think Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback, then, like, you could have said, hey, the Vikings could take a chance on him, see yep. if he could start in a couple years. Even the Seahawks, who have Geno on a three-year deal, they could see what they had of him, Will Levis, and they could take him. But, but there's what? so many better players. They they went with their team need, which was a wide receiver, and they want to have a dynamic duo at wide receiver like a lot of teams are doing in the NFL well, the Seahawks right now. Seahawks took, like, took Weatherspoon first. Yeah, but they took – I'm talking about later in the first. JSN when they, oh, yeah. yeah they and took that's, JSN. Jason's a better football player He's than a better, Will Levis. Yeah. But I'm looking at a comment right here. Someone says – Levis over Sam Howell is crazy. And then we said, why? Levis was drafted three rounds ahead of Howell. Right. And then someone says, Howell can run, though. This is what I mean. People (laughs) did not watch film. Will Levis absolutely showed the ability he can run. He's an athlete. I need a a clown emoji. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know what? I'm going to go do that right now. Oh no. oh no! Oh no! No no! <laughs> Please don't! Please spare us! We I don't want. I'm not signed it. I I'm on my Sam the producer account. Oh oh, that's fine then. See, that's I mean, fine. Will Levis in six games last year, 213 rushing uh, in his 
freshman year, 213 rushing yards in eight games, in, in 200, 260 in 13 games, 376. Last year in 11, negative 103. But that's the point. That right there, the negative makes all the other like positive rushing years even more impressive to me because they include sacks in college football. Yep. This guy was actually rushing for like five or 600 positive yards every year. Yeah, I actually wonder if you put out a poll on Twitter, how many people are aware of how they count rushing yards for quarterbacks in in college? They I don't I, know. I legit don't think people know. Like that that could that could be for real. But yeah, anyways, that, Sam that was, Howell had 35 rushing yards, 146 and 828. So like, yes, he had a great, brilliant, positive year. But like, you know, I think Will yeah. Levis was doing that every year, right? So yeah. Yeah, and I I get it. I mean, the enemy is exciting in yeah, Washington. For sure, Washington finally has a real competent owner uh, or co-owners that aren't horrible human beings, and like it's exciting for Washington. Oh this yeah, year. that's a guarantee and that Sam Howell's a superstar. That is not. A, that's exactly what I was going to say. No, it's not a guarantee that Sam Howell is going to just blow up because they have a new owner and a new offensive coordinator. We love the enemy. The enemy is going to benefit the impact of the offense and. He'll use the skill sets of every player in that offense, and then he's going to build off that in the future. It's probably more likely than not going to be, or, or less likely <laughs> than it is for for Sam Howell to be a future guy there. Like he's not yeah. the long term. They're asset. going Sam Howell or bust. Either yeah. Sam Howell is yeah. something, or they want a yeah. top five pick. Exactly, and I completely agree. There's plenty of great prospects: Quinn Ewers, Caleb Williams. Who are some of the other guys coming in next year? That uh, outside of those two, Drake May, Drake May, Drake May. That's when right. yours isn't coming in next year. Yeah. Well, he could. Um, I yeah, he could. He's, You're right. he's a top prospect. The funny thing is, though, I could see Quinn Ewers being like a Spencer Rattler, where I know Arch Manning has his questions as a prospect, but they paid him so much money to come to Texas. Yeah. And I could see like if Quinn Ewers loses two games, they could just decide to put Arch Manning in there, and then Quinn Ewers loses all his value. Yeah, because, <laughs> I mean, I could see Quinn Ewers having his confidence shaken pretty easily because uh-huh. if he has a, if he even has a bad quarter, I guarantee the crowd's going to be chanting for Arch. Arch, you know? Arch, Arch, Arch. Like, <laughs> not even like they hate would hate Quinn or anything. It's just like yeah. Arch Manning is such yep. a huge name. Uh-huh. It's like Bronny James type, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're right. That, how many years until Bronny James is in the NBA? Uh, two to three. Two to three? So LeBron's got to be in the NBA for two to three more years. I Dang think. it. Oh, <laughs> at least, because he wants to play a year with his son. That's kind of sweet. Okay, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Show. Last thing. <laughs> Rashad Bateman has just been placed on the puppy dog list. Officially. Um, yeah. Officially. Yeah. And uh, with that stunning news that Rashad Bateman can't stay healthy. Kadarius Tony, wide receiver one for the Ravens this season. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, I, th- I think we'll we'll do the next spot on Monday, so Avery will be back. And this uh, this was fun talking about the quarterbacks, all the sleeper alerts, all the stupid sleeper alerts that we've missed so much. Being slightly sarcastic there, but if you guys haven't yet, go check out flockfantasy.com and use code domain. You'll get thirty percent off the annual subscription there and you'll get a ton of exclusive videos exclusive articles our discord everything like that so please go check that out code domain thank you guys for tuning in today we'll talk to you later